episode R007 of Reboots is sponsored by the Fort Smith Popcorn Company, owned by our featured guest, Casey Millspaugh. The Fort Smith Popcorn Company offers a variety of flavors, including chocolate drizzle, loaded baked potato, and my personal favorite, white cheddar. You'll find Casey and the Fort Smith Popcorn Company van at festivals, farmers markets, and various boutique-type businesses in the Fort Smith region. Order online at the link in our show notes. And if you're not local, don't worry. Casey's main gig is UPS, and he does know how to deliver to faraway places. Hey there. You're dialed into Reboots, featuring stories about people who have been forced to start over, either through their own missteps or through no fault of their own. All walks of life, anonymous or named, high profile or low down. Stories with heart, soul, and grit. Because knowing and sharing our stories is essential for living a life of joy, experiencing healthy relationships, and impacting the world around us in a positive way. Now, here's your host, Tracy Winchell. Casey Millspa is a millennial entrepreneur. He's got a full-time gig and a fistful of side hustles working most of the time. He launched Fort Smith Popcorn Company out of his kitchen as a means for, as he calls it, monetizing his social network. His business grew into and out of a mobile food truck in a matter of months. As of summer 2017, Casey's business resides in a former bakery in downtown Fort Smith. In this interview, Casey talks about his audacious approach toward life and business, why he chose popcorn as a means for generating income from his burgeoning network of friends, clients, and colleagues, and how he fights decision paralysis and frustrations that are a part of life and entrepreneurship. We'll visit with Casey at his warehouse location on a warm summer afternoon in Arkansas. Shipley Baking is resplendent with high ceilings, an old-school manufacturing vibe, perfectly imperfect, decades-old hardwood floors, and we have some giant fans to keep us comfortable as we chat amongst bins and bags of fresh popcorn. We're at what is known as the Old Shipley Bakery, and that's what it used to be. But Casey Millspa, what is it now? Uh, you know, um, a section of, of the old bakery is is now a, uh, a little popcorn company, my popcorn company, uh, the Fort Smith Popcorn Company. Uh, you know, we don't take up much room, but we're the we're the first thing in this building to manufacture uh, food in 20 years oh my goodness so it's been empty that long uh, but yeah it's been vacant for some time and uh, there was nothing going on uh, until uh, Bill Hanna with Hanna Oil and Gas purchased the building um, from a equity group out of Georgia I believe uh, they had tried to get it in the past but they uh, could never come to an agreement and I guess finally one day they called and that's how they purchased the building so um, I think there's a lot of improvements uh, planned for the building, but um, I'm the I'm the first tenant in the building um, um, since they've kind of refurbished it a little bit. That means you're giving this old building a reboot, then? Yeah, I, that's cool. I like that. Um, I could say uh, I agree with that. 
Um, you know, I, I like to think that um, downtown in 2017 will smell like popcorn, whereas 25 years ago it smelled like bread. So, uh, you know, I like that I can be part of that history, and it's really cool that this old bakery building is kind of coming back to life, which is kind of a symbol of downtown Fort Smith in a way. Uh, the younger generation kind of coming along and, and, and impacting downtown, I think this is a, a, a nice symbol of the, of the future, I hope. so. That's cool. Let's talk about, just in general, your philosophy of reboots. I've known you for a long time, and you've shared some of your reboots with me. Would you describe your, your reboot philosophy as a moment in time or maybe a choice? Hmm. Uh, that's an interesting question. Um, a moment of time or choice? You know, I think it's a combination of both. Obviously, um, um, I, I like exploring opportunities and things, but I, I'm really passionate about the things I pay attention to. And um, so I think it's a combination of both. I noticed a niche in this particular situation, and I, I started it with a vision. And uh, um, I, 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 I'm passionate about what I do, so I think it's a combination of both of those things, choice and, and, and passion. So anybody could do a reboot. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's a mindset, really. I mean... And my mindset changed when I came out of college because of one professor who taught me, or the class was uh, New Venture Creation, Entrepreneurship. And after I um, had that class, I liked that idea. And I started thinking and changing the way I saw things. I would look at things and say, I wonder how they made that or where they made that or what's the process, how much they pay to get that. And then as I the years went on I kept doing that and doing that until I started noticing real opportunities and finally I started just going after a couple of them that didn't work but that's okay I got great learning experience you know but uh ultimately I just look I just am looking around and talking to people and Fort Smith has so many opportunities here um that that I don't think that that we fully recognize so Absolutely. I think there's a lot of people in Fort Smith within the next couple of years that could capitalize on a lot of reboots, as you say, or new business opportunities. Yeah. You talk about your college career. It makes me smile because your entire college career, that notion that your last year in college resulted in a, in a degree, that's kind of amazing. Can we start there? Yeah, yeah, sure. That's, uh, you know, I had an interesting college experience and, um, uh, it took me eight years uh, because of, you know, disengagement or whatever reason. But the last two years of college, when I got into the business, true business classes, I really got more engaged with that. And that, yeah, that helped me finish, right? But uh, those professors really uh, exposed my mind to a lot more once I kind of accepted them. Um, but the tail end of college definitely... Uh, definitely changed for me um, and um, I took a lot there at the last end but for me I, I can study theory for only so long before I say hey I want to start a popcorn company you know hmm. so when I got out of college and took those tips like from the entrepreneurial class um, I ran with it because it's real life man it's like you, you're living it you're doing it it's 
it's something material, and that's I like that. You know, theory's good, but I like that real world stuff. One of the things that I first learned about you is that when you find something that works in your life, you want to figure out a way to replicate it for other people so that they get the benefit of your knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about your mentorship program. Oh, sure. Uh, so, you know, uh, Bill Hanna and I have a, a, a long relationship. And uh, uh, when we met Bill, uh, you know, I kind of asked Bill to mentor me. And, um, you know, that turned into just uh, a great partnership. And over time, we met with the University uh, Fort Smith and um, proposed the idea of this mentor program to Rick Goins. And they loved the idea. And, and I think the program now is in its fourth year. And it matches students up with, uh, you know, executives in the in the community as mentors. And it pairs them up with alumni uh, mentors as well. So it's it's been three or four years in the program, and it's, it's wildly successful. It's keeping young people in the community. It's developing good long-term relationships with, with young people and executives in the community. So, uh, you know, it's been huge in my life, obviously, because now I have my popcorn play, place in Bill Hanna's uh, uh, building. Um, but it's also way valuable for all the people who have, who have had the opportunity to, you know, be mentored after I got mentored by Bill. So I hope that this thing continues to grow and compound so that one day that program is pumping out multiple hundreds of people into the community who have connections and mentorships with executives. So uh, I think that's the ultimate end goal for the university and for me the ultimate end goal would be to help keep young people here and i feel like that those young people ta- uh, teamed up with the mentors it will help them identify maybe some more opportunities around here maybe some more business opportunities or investment opportunities but um, that's my hope for for the program so it's been uh, great to see all the success so I want us to talk about the popcorn company and the story of how it started in a minute, but let's get something out of the way. What is the the worst idea entrepreneurially you have ever had? What's the biggest failure you've had? Uh, as far uh, well, it's a that's another good question. Uh, you know, in regards to the popcorn company. I feel like biggest fails, um, a lot of wasted money because I don't know the processes or the things in particular that I need to do, where to buy the correct supplies from, what the processes are, everything, you know, uh, the startup process, you know, it costs, it costs some cash, but luckily the popcorn, you know, it can cash flow pretty well. So that helped me get through those periods of inefficiencies. So from the popcorn standpoint, I guess that would probably be one of my bigger failures. Um, you know, previously I've tried some other ideas. I tried a subscription box. I think you remember that. Um, and I still think that's a good idea, but it take, it's taken a little bit more investment than I had planned for. And it wasn't creating the cash flow that the popcorn company was. So spent a lot of time on that. Spent, uh, you know, uh, some money on that. But... Ultimately, I try to look at it as just like an experience, education, and 
I paid for an education and, you know, <laughs> basically. But it, it that helped with this business, too, because I knew more about licenses and taxes and LLCs and, and a lot of that baseline stuff. I got good experience establishing that. So, uh, you, you know, I hate to classify it as a fail, but, you know, uh, it's a, that was a good experience. Which kind of leads me into the, the next thing I want to pick your brain about. How do you manage a situation or a project that doesn't quite pan out the way you wanted it to? Mm -hmm. How do you keep that from stalling Mm -hmm. the next thing? Mm -hmm. You know, um, well, Bill Hanna, uh, you know, brought that up to me this morning because I've got some, there's some hurdles I've got to figure out and they're good. They're good things to deal with. But Bill, Bill said, you know, that's the that's the beauty of it is 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 finding your way through all that. That's that that's that's living, you know. That's that's exploring something, and that's don't look at it like a, a you know a, a hurdle. Um, you know that's part of the fun, and that was good advice he gave me because sometimes you know you're driven by the profit a lot, and 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 you know you need to keep that in mind that this is just this is living life you know and and things like that are experiences and stimulations in life that are that are good but it's important also to make sure you have a balance which i'm trying to figure that out too that's not easy <laughs> and um, so i think uh you know it's important to have a balance for sure have you always kind of had an entrepreneurial spirit at what age looking back can you say <laughs> i knew it I knew at this point in my life mm-hmm. that I was going to be a serial entrepreneur, even if you couldn't mm-hmm. put a tag to mm-hmm. it. Well, honestly, I think that uh, that idea started to develop my last year of college because of that class that I had. Huh. Because I'd never even really thought about it, about starting a business. You know, So, honestly, it was in 2011, which was six years ago. And uh, um, up until that point, I knew I was going to be in business. I assumed that I would work for UPS for a long time, uh, but I, I, which I probably I will be with them for a long time. Um, but um, you know that at that point, yeah, I decided I, I like the entrepreneurial side of it. So um, up until then, I was going to be in business. So I considered being a lawyer, uh, uh, but um, I, I just liked it honestly, and I just kept thinking about it so i knew when i kept thinking about it that i liked it and i liked the opportunities that came with too uh, flexibility and the and um, you know uh, you work hard you get a good return and you know i like that aspect of it do you look for sort of a formula or a model on cash flow and expense and turnaround time when you're looking at possibly a startup or buying into something you know i, I from, a, from a property investment standpoint yeah from a a business that is already in function and operating yes for an idea like my popcorn company i did projections the best i could but with that said i i didn't know i did i just you don't know what you don't know <laughs> so um i uh, tr- you try to make the best projections you can but it's obviously a lot easier when you have a company who has financial records and you're, you know, you can, you can study that. But, um, 
Um, if a company were for sale in town, obviously I'd be studying all on those financials. But um, to answer your question, it was just I forecasted the best I could. So why popcorn and how did this business start? Okay, so um, when I got out of college, I was, I was told that, you know, to be successful, you need to have a good network. You got to be a good networker. So that's what I did out of college for like two or three years. I just, it's all I did. Went to everything. You saw me at everything. Uh, I just relentlessly did that because I knew I just wanted to build that network and I didn't like not having credibility. And so I just went after that. Well, and you just said, you're going to be a mentor. You know, I loved your attitude. You'd walk into a place and say, hey, Mayor, you don't know me, but you're going to be a mentor. Here's the thing. Yeah. 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 I like, well, you know, I like, yeah, that's fun. You know, that's fun. Um, but anyway, he's, um, you know, I, I, uh, forgot where I was networking. Going with it. Ne- oh, network. Relentless ne- right, network. Right. Thank you. Uh, so I, for two years I built this network and I'd worked on just networking and then I, I had the goal in all the time to how do I monetize the network? How can I, because the network's valuable right so how do you monetize that and i I just i thought and thought and i I, you know just look for things and and i identified a niche in fort smith and the 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 popcorn is a five dollar transaction it's something that i could take easily into my network and i could go move popcorn and that and that essentially was my approach or my strategy now, as far as the formation of the company and identifying the niche, I, I look at the market. I study the market in Fort Smith. Um, I see. I, I, I just look around and I'm aware, and I I know that pop people love popcorn, and I know that people on certain sides of the city couldn't get popcorn. So, um, relatively you know, simple concept. So I just, uh, I just dove in and I started popping popcorn on my stove. And, uh, that's crazy. Awesome. Yeah, that was crazy. We did the blues fest one year ago and, um, we had to pop a little bit in the, in the, on the stove. And, uh, me and my mom sat there for like five hours making popcorn with a whirly pop. It was it was something. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you had a yeah, you had a trailer? Right, yes. And I popped it. that's where we did all of our production until about a month ago, but when the business very first started we had a couple issues. But uh, anyway, so we've been in the trailer for one year and then we transitioned here into the bakery, which I think that in itself is a symbol in Fort Smith of the food truck culture or the is a, is a startup culture because I'm a perfect example of the food trucks being an incubator and turning into something like this. Now I'm renting property from a property owner downtown. So I, and I'm getting off on a little side note here, but the property owners downtown should not be concerned to allow the food trucks to come in because ultimately if they grow, they will be, uh, they will be, um, uh, tenants. They could be tenants. So, um, I hope that I am, a I'm a, a symbol of that. And I hope that it means something to somebody, but, um, uh, anyways, so, and in terms of product development, I, I I bought quite a bit from you around Thanksgiving and Christmas. It wasn't a, a whole lot, but it, I gifted a lot. Right. 
and there were what maybe six or eight different flavors, and right. now you've got. I'm looking at oh, your yeah. warehouse. Oh my goodness! Yeah. How do you develop a product like? How do you develop yeah. those new niches, right. flavors? Well, you know, when I started it, I just started make. I just started making cool stuff that I liked, you know, and uh, and I just tried to make it how I liked it, and uh, there was a lot of trial and error, you know. Uh, but what I identified is that you bring on new flavors, the sales would go up which created a monster because I have 25 flavors now. So um, that's difficult to manage sometimes. But uh, to answer your question, uh, it was a lot of trial and error and a lot of mixing things and trying different stuff and spending money. And, um, 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 you know, so um, it was developed over time. And it's still being developed. I just, uh, we've just started doing chocolate drizzle. and uh, Oh, my. Yeah, and I wasted a lot of chocolate trying to figure out how to get it to stick on the popcorn. So, <laughs> um, what's your distribution? How do you so you figure out? Okay, I'm going to make a bunch of popcorn on the stove. I'm going to mm-hmm. sell it at events, and mm-hmm. now then you've moved on to bye bye trailer. I'm mm-hmm. going to have a fixed place. Do people come down here? How does that work? Yeah, that's uh, it's it's uh, ever evolving. You know, I. Uh, again, I don't know what I don't know as this thing progresses. I have visions and ideas of how I want this to develop. But the market, there's different demands in the market that I need to figure out. Because every stop isn't a $100 stop, but some of them are. And I have to find efficiencies in the way that we establish the delivery route and meet the demand of the consumer. And it's been very difficult to get the exact orders right on route. So we're considering doing more of a what's available option in our truck. We'll start the day with full truck. We'll run the route, try to measure the demand that way. Um, you know, that's um, one aspect of it. Um, I, I definitely, I feel like there's a good niche in the delivery market because um, that's where everything's going, right? People want it to be brought to them quickly. Um, so I feel like there's a niche there, and we're going to continue building around that niche. But there's also so many other opportunities, like my satellite retail locations in town. We have like six or seven spots, and those are nice supplements for just people to get my product when we're not on their route or for whatever reason. But, um, you know, um, uh, outside of that, there's... Um, you know, fundraiser distributions, which are bulk orders, which aren't too difficult, you know. But I'd say the distribution is mainly the biggest hurdle is trying to figure out those routes and the best way to meet the market demand on those routes and find those people who want to buy popcorn. How does how does technology help you solve those issues? And then on the flip side of that, how is technology absolutely completely helpless yeah, yeah. With figuring that out. That's a good question. Um, so I've, it helps me a lot by uh, communicating with the consumer. All right, I've got a website that's very, it's very user friendly, and and they can easily place orders there. It's a very easy process for them to do that. So so that helps. And that was a a company who developed a website and an app for free, but they get a one, they get one percent of each transaction. And that's, that's fine. I can do that for no cost of the app or the website. So um, so I, I got that set up, and I got some integrations with MailChimp and social media 
and the social media MailChimp, that really helps. Uh, the campaign, the email campaigns, you get great responses from people. Um, and then the social media is great. There's, it's just, it's great for engagement purposes. So, um, in those ways, it really uh, benefits me. Um, in ways that it, it doesn't or it should, you know, um, I would like a, a some sort of platform that everybody accesses that that is easy for them to access and that you know something an app of some sort that everybody has and if that could be optimized some way and maybe there is something out there I, I just don't know but um, I'd also like you know there should be some sort of delivery route optimization app or you know I'm just dreaming really I don't even know if these things are real mm. but or could be real but Anyways, when I asked that question, my guess was going to be that you were maybe stopped it at a business location and somebody says, Casey, I forgot to call you. I need 50 of those small things for a party I'm having tomorrow. That's what I figured yeah. you I was going right, to get. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, and no, well, that happens. You know, we, uh, there's no rhyme or reason to when that happens. Um, and we can't seem to figure it out yet, but um, we will. There's, Maybe a, a stay-at-home mom with a great idea or a guy with his earbuds in who's a friend of yours and secretly he wants to live your life but doesn't have an idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you've got two different audiences here. One has an idea and she doesn't know how to get started. The other wants to live your life and needs a good idea. Mm-hmm. How do those two types of people begin to make a choice to walk in the direction of this entrepreneurship lifestyle? Yeah, you know, um, I think you have to, the way I did it is I just, I, I thought about it a lot. And I think that's the first step is uh, I thought about it for just a long time and thought about every aspect of it, visualized everything, you know, real obsessively visualized. And I think if you just think, just keep thinking about it, that's all you got to do in my mind. And when I find myself continually thinking about a certain thing, like I, I, I'll tend to, you know, I want to act on that. And, um, in my life, I've, I've done that with working out too. I knew, uh, you know, seven or eight years ago that I, I decided I wanted work, I was going to totally commit. And um, so what I did is I just took 90 days and I thought about it every day. And that's it. Built myself up to it, you know, like counted down and made a big deal about it. And and then when the time came, it was just like, all right, well, we, we thought about it for 90 days, you know, and let's do it. So and I never looked back. So that would be my advice is to uh, all you got to do is think about it, man, a lot. Unless you're like me a lot of times, which is I'm thinking about it, but I can never do what Casey could do. So I now all of a sudden I have this self-defeating mindset. Yeah, I, I can understand. You know, I, I, I live my life in a certain way, and I know, I, you know, it's not how everybody lives their life, but... Um, what I try to do 
well, and I learned this from uni- the university. Okay, I went to China with the university my last year um, when I was really engaged in college. And we went over there and we did a lot of stuff. But one thing we did is we met with the government and we sat down at a conference in a conference room with these communist government officials. And we were given all these rules before we went into the meeting, like don't do this, don't say this. You know, it was a little scary. And so I experienced that. Right. And when I come back to America and I come to little Fort Smith, Arkansas, that's why I have no problem diving into city things because, you know, <laughs> we, have, you know, it's nothing compared to a uh, communist, right? So it didn't scare me. But my point is, like, in Fort Smith, we tend to be a little conservative sometimes. And if we think on a, on a larger scale, right, think about life in New York or life in China, how hard that would be to find your way. Well, in Fort Smith, we're, we're, the, we're, we're a smaller town, and it's okay here. You know, people are good here. They're nice. They want to help you. And it's, it's in comparison, it's, it's, way, it's just a lot easier, I think, because, you know, people here are good, and they want to do, they want to help. So try to think of it from a, larger perspective or how difficult other people may have it. You know what I mean? Does anything scare you? <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, heights scare me. Yeah, I'd never me jump too. out of a plane um, unless I had to, I guess. But, um, you know, I just like exploring, you know. I I just like exploring, and I like f- fulfilling my life. I guess I felt like I wasted time in college, and I have to – make up time now i'm not really sure um but i've you know i definitely fear things i mean i'm nervous about things i'm sometimes speaking in front of large groups my heart will be beating out of my chest it may not seem like it when i get up there but uh you know a lot of a lot of fear um but i watch all these motivational videos i get obsessive about that I, i don't know why it really helps i guess when i feel down or not you know, high performance or whatever, I just like start watching them for some reason. And it just is addictive. Sometimes I find myself scrolling through Instagram. Uh, I like to go uh, search the hashtags motivation and I will like obsessively just like, it's crazy. But anyways, uh, I do that and um, it changes my, it just changes how I react after that. So uh, would you say it changes how you think and how yeah, you... Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, 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 you know, um, Absolutely. Can anybody do that if they decide they want to change their mindset? Man, I think so. I just, I'm learning, I'm in my life, I'm learning that I just, if you, if you want, I want to go over there and do that. And I just think about it enough and visualize it in my head and just keep thinking about it because I'm interested in doing it. Then I feel like, yeah, you know, if you identify what you want to do, I mean, you know, it's not like I want to make popcorn. <laughs> you know, it's not like oh, I when I was twelve, I was like, I want to grow up and make popcorn. <laughs> you know, like I feel like I did that. Be I, uh, it was a business opportunity for one, and I just had to do what I got to do. Find I found a great niche, you know, to accomplish the goal that I had as far as monetizing my network or whatever. But uh, uh, you know, it's a means to an end, I guess. You know, 
um, in some form or fashion. Visualize for me where Fort Smith Popcorn Company will be mm. in the next five years. Mm. You know, I've got, I've got a lot, I'm a dreamer. You know, I like, I like visualizing things, I like talking about stuff. But um, I think franchising would be an, uh, an interesting idea if I could develop the business model um, to where it could be, you know, kind of a franchise and it was niche enough. Um, and, and right. I've only been in this a year, but from my research, what I see with other popcorn companies, like their primary thing is like brick and mortar. And I get it. I'm sure that's good business. You can go, you can go chase after fundraisers, but, um, I mean, look at Amazon, you know, what do I mean? I don't want to go into brick and mortar because it's, it's, um, it's, it costs a lot of money. So I am going to continue down the delivery path and try to enhance that delivery option. And, and if I can, if I can streamline that process and then replicate it in other areas, I think then I could have a, a recipe for a franchise. Um, you know, uh, I'd have to do some thinking around barriers of entry for competitors once a franchise is start because I, it may not be that high, you know, I, you know, but so I'd have to do some more thinking about that, but also direct consumer, uh, through the internet, right. That's, that's a good option. I like the subscription model. So I think maybe that could be in the future. Um, so yeah, I think those are the, those are the routes I, I'd like to go, but I, but I also, um, you know, definitely like to go the fundraiser route. And hey, why why stop there at just Fort Smith? I mean, you, I could do fundraisers wherever. I could ship it to New York or wherever. So um, I look at that as a nice supplement. So um, that's kind of what I think will become of this. Maybe we'll have a couple trucks in each city. You know, maybe maybe Fort Smith will have two trucks one day. But um, that's what I think it could become. And at this point, I'm not interested again in in a, in a brick and mortar. Um, you know, manufacturing and delivery. Cut out the middleman, I guess, and uh, direct consumer. So. I'm not going to ask you to spill your best ideas, but I am going to ask you if you can quantify maybe how many next ideas you have running around in your head yeah. that you're considering. I mean, I have, yeah, there's a couple. Uh, you know, um, there's a lot of new opportunities coming up, and um, <clears throat> to answer your question, I probably have four or five that I uh, think about, but, you know, there's one in particular that sticks out in my mind, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how the popcorn thing develops, because, you know, UPS is my primary thing, and the popcorn company, I spend a lot of time after work. I go home. Well, now I come here. I, I go home and I come here and I work till nine or 10 o'clock, you know, a couple nights a week out here and it's all good. You know, it's a cool little space or whatever, but, uh, um, you know, uh, that's just what, that's what I'm doing right now. Um, but I think that there's some new markets, you know, coming up in Arkansas and, um, I'd, I'd like to be a part of that, I think. And, uh, because of the, uh, what, you know, what I like about that the most is that is that you can create in a new market. You can be so creative and you can you can make something with baseline regulations 
and you can cre- be your fullest, you know, as creative as you, as you can. And I like that. That's why I like, obviously, in the growth potential of new market developments, I really like that too. But, uh, um, you know, so that's why I lean towards one of those ideas is because of market expansion. Um, but right now, UPS and then after hours uh, and on the weekends and any other free time I have, we're making popcorn, baby. Fort Smith Hustle. Fort Smith Hustle. That's right. You have a book or music huh. or an app or a movie or something yeah. that you think could inspire a, yeah. a wannabe entrepreneur? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, have, I think I have a book and I have a... Uh, uh, song too that uh but uh, the book anyways is the four hour work week my buddy nicholas useman gave me and that book is really i read it right after college and that book really exposed me to the idea of 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 entrepreneurship and and mobility and and being mobile and my job at UPS allows me to be mobile. I'm in sales, so I get to travel around a lot, and I like that. So that book helped me look at life a little differently as far as retirement and how I look at that as a millennial. Um, with Social Security probably not being there, you know, I'm taking all of that into account. Um, and this book does a good job of talking about a lot of those things, living your life mobile. And, um, and and preparing for the future in a millennial way. Um, for example, he says that uh, in the book, um, um, young people or millennials value time and mobility as equally as money. And more and more I think about that, uh, more I, uh, you know, I believe that, I think. And, you know, you know some of the older generation, the, uh, the baby boomer generation, um, um, you know, they, you know, they just have a different outlook. I feel like they it's more about stability. It's stability. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's, you're right. It is. It's about stability. And in a business aspect, it's about profit and, and you, you know, it's what it's about. It's business. You're talking about profit and I am too, but I'm also talking about mobility and freedom. And I value that. I, like the idea of being able to work in Russellville or or Little Rock or where, wherever I may go that day, you know. Uh, so, anyways, getting a little off subject, but uh, so uh, a song I would say, you know, I kind of like hip hop, and uh, yeah. <clears throat> you know, I actually read an article the other day that millennials um, or older millennials, you know, they grew up with that '90s hip hop. And now as we're getting into our 30s, uh, you know, that's, start, you know, a lot of people are uh, can connect with that 90s hip hop. But uh, I always like listening to Biggie Smalls, Notorious B.I.G. I mean, he's just got great, like, he talks about some gangster stuff, you know, but he talks about real life stuff, too. And, 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 it's, and uh, so uh, I like to listen to Biggie Smalls. Yeah. I look at the numbers every week, every week on my podcast. And Reboots has a global audience. Somebody who might yeah. want to come visit yeah, yeah. Fort Smith That's and start sure. some sort of a creative enterprise. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Sell it. Sure, yeah. yeah. So uh, I had this conversation this morning, actually, with a group of people, but Bill Hannum was one of them. And he, I'll refer to him again, but he said 
if you watch what's happening in in you know the United States, I guess things go. They're they're at they're at the east and west coast right now. A lot of people are spending a lot of money out there. Well, investments, you know, they're starting to look for investments in other parts of the United States. And the great thing about here is that there's such low cost here, you know. So somebody from California can take their money and invest it here and get way more value for their money than they do in Colorado or uh, California. For you know, a lot of retirees move from California to come to Hot Springs or, or Arkansas because the properties are so you know are so uh, cheaper than in California. So from that aspect, I think people not from here can make great investments and have and get some good value out of it. Uh, definitely in property. I think that the property market here in the next couple of years is going to really explode with a lot of transactions because there's a lot of, um, you know, older people that are, that are, you know, they're going to have to do something with their homes at some point. So from a property standpoint, I feel like investors, especially in Northwest Arkansas, they should be, they should be looking down here. And I don't think that they all understand. So, um, but I, I think that that'll happen. And then I think if you talk about relocating a business or making an investment here or starting a business and you're not from here, you know, uh, if it's one thing Fort Smith is known for is manufacturing. And we have a history of, of having workers, you know. Um, we're workers. And uh, that's what they did in this factory right here. And the, if people make investment here, they have to know they're going to have people who are going to come work. And uh, they're going to hustle. And um, I think from that aspect, from a large, large business, that's that's um, that's valuable to them. Um, but um, you know, I, I, I also think that they have the opportunity to come into a community and completely influence the future direction of it because we're a real close tipping point. I like to think, um, as long as we can hold it together, and. If a large company or, or someone came in and, and pushes over that, uh, I just I can't even imagine, you know? Well, you talk about the manufacturing community, but the past several years we've had this crazy unexpected project and then the Peacemaker Fest yeah, and the, yeah. the celebrating um, ale and mm-hmm. just some amazing arts coming in that mm-hmm. make it feasible for someone like you to come in and do a unique mm-hmm. manufacturing absolutely gig. absolutely yeah well i mean it offers a lot of opportunities for my company um, when those things go on um sales go up for sure from my standpoint but i think ultimately i wouldn't i'm not as excited about that part of it uh, of making money on it I'm more excited about the fact that that's just making Fort Smith cooler and it's, and it's improving the quality of life. And uh, because I, I think in some aspects, you, well, in a lot of aspects, the quality of life should be improved around here. And I think that, that those things that are going on are doing that. And, um, you know, I hope that that really begins to snowball, which it looks like it is. I think downtown is really starting to transform. It's really, it's really cool, honestly, to see the transformation. Yeah. Um, uh, but that's, you know, um, they all play, it all plays a part, you know, it's all a bunch of little things together that, that make the big difference, you know? So, um, we just need to keep the ball rolling, you know, we need to, we just need passion. 
and, and we need inspiration. And those things like the Unexpected Project inspire people. And Fort Smith lacks inspiration. And we've lacked inspiration in the past. And we need, people here need that, right? Because we have always been manufacturing, but now we're not. And those manufacturing generations, they need some inspiration. And they need to see people like you starting up a, a, a podcast uh, or some people like me starting a business. They need to, about hopefully the people listening, like they need to know that, that, that there's inspiration out there. And I think ultimately that's how people do awesome things. Like, you know, some little kid sees LeBron James and he's inspired. And then that from that day on, he plays basketball. So we need more inspiring things around here. Yeah, what better place to do your own reboot than to come to Fort Smith and be part of uh, an incredible Our reboot. reboot. Yeah. yeah. Okay, last call because I want some popcorn. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, you know, I just, uh, last call, I'd say uh, you can go get it in Fort Smith. I just know it's there. All you got to do is go think about it and just go find it. Ooh, that's awesome. Popcorn. Cool. Thanks for having me. You going to try some of that popcorn? Thanks, Casey. What is this? That one's beer can chicken. Beer can chicken. All right. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Casey. It's tough to know whether to nickname my friend Hashtag Motivation or Popcorn Man. No matter what we call him, Casey has taught me that we don't find efficiencies in our business processes until we first dare to actually produce something, at least a few times. So what's your favorite takeaway, and how will you apply that idea? Would you let us know? Do you like what we're doing? Enough to maybe consider a monthly subscription in exchange for some extra content and participation in the types of stories we write on our blog going forward? If so, would you check out our Patreon page for more information? We've got a link in the show notes. I'm Tracy Winchell. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear your reboot story privately on our StoryWorks blog or as a guest on an upcoming podcast. And we appreciate your feedback, either in the iTunes store or by way of email. Drop us a line, reboots at winchellstoryworks.com or on our website, winchellstoryworks.com.